Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. We are so glad that you could join us. So working in the healthcare field, you may be familiar with the phrase, care for the caregiver. And although, you know, it can be a little bit cliche, self-care and self-compassion are essential to providing exceptional care and preventing burnout. So here today to share what self-compassion is, why it is important, and how it can be practiced is expert mindfulness and compassion facilitator, Susan Kinnear. Susan is a senior rehab specialist for Sharp Healthcare and is an academically trained and certified teacher of mindfulness and compassion-based curriculum, including mindful self-compassion, the topic of today's conversation. Susan regularly provides classes to Sharp Healthcare employees, physicians, and the community. Joining her here today are Kathy, Mike, and Ellie, who have gone through the training in the past. Later on in the episode, they will be sharing their experience with mindful self-compassion and how they practically apply what they learned in the trainings to their everyday lives. So thank you so much, Susan, Kathy, Mike, and Ellie for joining us today. Thanks, Emily. We are excited to be here. And thank you, Kathy, Mike, and Ellie for your willingness to share your stories and any important lessons learned. You know, I've heard of self-compassion and compassion cultivation, but Susan, would you mind explaining a little more in depth what it is? Having compassion for yourself is really no different than having compassion for another. And to easily understand this, I invite all of you right now to begin to consider how you tend to respond to someone who is very dear to you, a good friend. Perhaps that friend approaches you and they're struggling or striving in some way and they approach you and begin to confide in you of what's going on. And so I invite you right now to either think of a real situation where you can begin to reflect upon that or you can imagine it. And as you begin to think about it, what are you experiencing and considering how do you typically respond to someone who is a dear friend to you when they're stressed or striving or suffering in some way. So compassion involves feeling moved by others' suffering so that your heart responds to their pain. The word actually means in Latin to suffer with. So as you're thinking about a situation when a dear friend comes to you in some sort of distress, what do you say to the friend? And how do you say it in terms of your tone of voice or even your nonverbal communication? And how do you feel? So now I'd like to open it up to anyone here. Would anybody like to share how you typically respond to a dear friend who is suffering? Hi, this is Kathy, and I typically respond first by leaning in and listening and inviting them to share with me what is going on and that and that it sounds like it's suffering and I sometimes put my hand on my heart. And how does it make you feel? 
it makes me feel like I am listening to the person and I'm responding to the person. Thank you. Anyone else? I have a tendency to be a little more physical as well. So if it's somebody who I'm very close to, I might hug them and mm -hmm. share that contact. Mm -hmm. And this is Mike. Um, and so I just try to be really present um, and, and just focus on the person um, that I'm with so that, you know, give them that caring attention. Thank you. So just to summarize, what I'm hearing from all of you is that for a good friend, you really are noticing first off that the person is in some way struggling or stressed. And so there is a element of being able to recognize suffering. That's an aspect of compassion. And then also I heard that you are responding with kindness and that intention to really help the person, you wanna actually help them to feel better um, in some way to relieve their suffering. And part of kindness involves also a touch if, if it's appropriate to reach out and touch. And so this, the third aspect is an element which is where we can recognize that as humans, we all have suffering in our lives we all have stress and so that that aspect of responding in a sense like saying wow i can really relate to you that also happens to me at times and you're not alone in your experience and so this is the same for self-compassion really it's a process of befriending ourselves and self-compassion involves acting in the same way that you would act toward someone that is very dear to you. Instead, you're turning that toward yourself. You're treating yourself just like you would treat a dear friend. So in times when you yourself feel like you've made a mistake or you feel like you're very much under stress, suffering in some way, just wanting situation to be different, mm -hmm then you, you can become more aware, noticing. So, wow, this is really hard. I, this is a moment of difficulty. And so that's the first is noticing that you're struggling. And then there's the moment where we can choose, are we going to just ignore our experience and keep striving through our day? Or are we gonna stop and give ourselves some kindness? whether it's just for a pause, taking a few breaths, placing your hand over your heart or somewhere on your face, somewhere where it feels very comforting and soothing. And the third is to acknowledge that, you know what, just like me, so many others are having probably the same kind of experience. And I, I really am not alone in this experience. And I'm not perfect, just like every other human being. That is common humanity. So I just highlighted those three components. Mindfulness, which is being receptive and recognizing what is happening right now in this moment. And then self-kindness, offering ourselves what we need and using touch, we can use our tone of voice as in self-talk 
and also remembering that we're not alone in our experience we're human and it's a common experience mm. yeah well thank you susan i really appreciate you explaining what self-compassion is i think for many of us we hear the words uh, self-compassion and mindfulness and we either don't know what it is or we maybe have preconceived notions. In your experience, have you found that it can be difficult for some people to accept the idea and importance of self-compassion? Absolutely. I like to invite anyone here at our table to share. What do you think are some common misgivings or reservations that individuals have toward self-compassion and why it may be difficult for some people to accept the idea of being compassionate to oneself. So this is Ellie and I know for myself and other people very often you're afraid that it's a sign of weakness, that I'm strong, I don't need to do, I can just power through this, I can handle whatever's on my plate. So a lot of it's the tendency just to think it's weak mm -hmm. to back off and be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's very common and I'd like to just add to respond to that, Ellie, is that actually self-compassion, it cultivates a willingness and an ability toward what we call fierce compassion. Instead of being weak, it actually gives us more of a capacity to be courageous and stand up for things that may be harmful. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Um, this is Kathy. And when first practicing self-compassion, it was really difficult for me because I think as caregivers and in the health field, um, we are used to giving to others and we are used to being compassionate to others. But then when we have to stop and be compassionate to ourselves, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. And um, being compassionate for myself was very, very hard for me. And, and this is Mike. Um, and... Yeah, the it's, it was hard when I started this to even know what self-compassion or what it is. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's more that it's it's all right for someone else to be weak. You know, I can be strong for them, but for myself, you know, it was a you know it hurts. Mm -hmm. So it's it, there's a getting in touch with that component. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is definitely as part of the practice, we are turning toward our own striving and our own stress, and that can be a challenge, but we couch it with lots of, of kindness, and, and as a process, we're not diving into our deepest suffering it's very, very gradual, and um, and there's not a requirement to jump into our suffering, but just to touch an edge of it evokes the compassionate response. And um, just to go back to also for Kathy's comment that sometimes we think that self-compassion is selfish or kind of self-indulgent, and it's hard to allow ourselves to be kind to ourselves. And on the other hand, we're also so used to providing care to others as caregivers. Mm -hmm. It's a well-honed skill. And so we have to remember that 
self-compassion is kind of a foundational requirement to preventing getting burned out in healthcare. And we can, we can know that the more we become self-compassionate, we actually have more resources to offer to others. And I have a saying that I like to say is that the most compassionate thing you can do, the most altruistic thing you can do for others is to practice compassion for yourself. Wow, that's really helpful, Susan. I think that kind of having a clear understanding of what self-compassion is really kind of helps set the foundation for how it can be practically used in your own life. I'm wondering, is mindful self-compassion evidence-based? It is. There are actually over 400 studies right now that are looking at or have looked at the effectiveness of mindful self-compassion. And the evidence shows that mindful self-compassion training does increase self-compassion, mindfulness, and compassion for others. And there's very good health benefits to it. It's been shown to decrease depression and anxiety and stress and emotional avoidance, for example. And it also has been shown to increase social connectedness, uh, satisfaction in life and happiness. So essentially it, it helps with decreasing the kind of negative experiences in life and it increases the positive experiences. And what it has shown in terms of the practice and sustainment is that the gains are well maintained even one year after uh, taking the class, the training, which is right now it's an eight-week curriculum that is uh, we meet once a week for eight weeks and then there's a half-day retreat as well. And then lastly, the findings show that the practices of mindful self-compassion are dose related. The more we can practice, the more effective it is. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's really clear that the benefits of practicing self-compassion are applicable to probably the majority of Sharp Healthcare employees. What are some practical exercises that listeners can do to practice self-compassion? Let's open it up to people here at the table. Anybody have any ideas? Yeah, this is Mike, um, and meditation is a component of self-compassion practice. So um, I found that in the really busy day, just stopping um, and taking even just a minute or two minutes mm -hmm. was great. And I would sometimes do it um, in the stairwells because it's basically you're alone. Mm -hmm. um, it can be between floors, and you can just stop for a minute and just be quiet and mm -hmm. just take minute or two just to reconnect. I found that really helpful. And this is Ellie. Another thing that I've found is three deep breaths. So if you're in a moment that's very stressful, just stop and take three cleansing breaths. And it's amazing how you can quiet down some of that anxiety and frustration that you may be feeling. And then you can move on. Um, this is Kathy. And I do home visits, I see people in their homes, so as I'm walking up to someone's home, I'm concentrating on them, and I too take three deep breaths before I go into the home so I can 
you know, leave all the other worries of, oh, where do I need to be at 11, et cetera, and focus on that patient and be patient-centered. Mm-hmm. And this is Mike and another another practice. And we have chapels in the hospitals. So it's, it's a great place to just go and sit um, and stop for a few minutes. Um, and you can just be totally quiet. And it's just normal there in that setting to just sit and be quiet. So um, it's a really safe setting to just sit and meditate for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, there's also the side of informal practices, and I heard some of you saying that. On the spot, in your daily routines, you're just incorporating mindful self-compassion. And then there's other times for the formal, if you are um, want to actually sit and meditate, that is another way we're cultivating our minds and hearts. And the more we do it, we're cultivating habits And so I'd like to leave you with a simple mindful self-compassion practice right now for anyone here and anyone listening. Just for a one minute, it's sort of a on the spot, it can be used or when you are able to duck away for a minute or two. And this is a, it's called a mindful self-compassion break. So now, See if you, I invite you, if you will, to find a position, either whether you're standing or sitting or even lying down, just where you can really feel supported and set yourself up in terms of your posture to be able to relax and and sort of sink into wherever you are, whether you're standing or, you know, sitting and Allow yourself to relax, but also to do so where you can also remain alert. And if you're comfortable, close your eyes and just begin to bring your attention more internal as you sense your breath, as you're inhaling or exhaling and noticing how the body begins to relax a little bit more. And if if focusing on your breathing isn't something you like to do, you can also just place your awareness, for example, wherever the body is resting on a surface. So placing your mind right there where it's supported, for example, your feet on the floor, you can focus your attention right there or your whole body being supported. So Either way, focusing on your breathing and the sensations of breathing in and breathing out or that feeling of being supported. And as you do this, you may notice thoughts and emotions and physical sensations all coming into your awareness and knowing that that's normal And it's just helpful to notice those and then practicing returning in a gentle way to that point of attention, either your breathing or your supportive sensations where you're noticing the body resting on surfaces. And now I invite you to 
see if you notice just for a moment something that might be mildly stressful that you're maybe is alive for you right now in this moment. And just for a moment, see if you can make contact with the emotion or sensation in your body just a little. And if you can't feel it in your body, it's okay. So we're gonna practice the three components of the mindful self-compassion. The first is acknowledging you can notice and say this is stressful sort of to yourself or this is difficult ouch this is a mindfulness element turning toward the experience with openness non-judgmental awareness and then the next is that common humanity, this is stress, or this, this is something I'm familiar with, and so many others also feel this way. I'm not alone, even though it may feel like it sometimes. And then you can place your hand over your heart or maybe over your stomach or on your face, wherever it might feel comforting for a moment. And to allow yourself to really sense into that place where your hand is offering a caring intention to yourself. And see if you can allow your, your heart really to open and receive that warmth and tender gesture. And then you can offer yourself what you need to hear in your own inner voice. In a, see if you can offer it in a tone that would be supportive to you. So it might be something like, may I be kind to myself? Or may I be strong? May I accept myself or may I be safe? Whatever it is. So I invite you to use your own language and offer yourself some words of encouragement. And if it's too difficult to do that, you can think about what if my friend, my dear friend had this same experience, what would I say to that friend. And then see if you can turn those words toward yourself. Just a few repetitions, offering yourself the words and the really the caring, compassionate intention. And then when you're ready, let go of the words and the practice and just see how you feel right now, what do you notice? Would anyone like to share what you noticed in the practice? 
This is Ellie, and I'm always impressed by how easily I can feel the tension go away and just a sense of calm comes over me and relaxation and peace. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? This is Kathy, and I can feel the tension in parts of my body. And like Ellie said, I can just release that tension. And this is Mike, and yeah, it's... It's that moving into the feeling, and and it's not, you know, it's it's not like um, to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. It's just to be um, acknowledge it and be with it, and I guess find the 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 value, the 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 being connected, the being in touch, um, mm -hmm. just taking that time, and it's. It's transformational. Well, again, thank you, Susan, Mike, Ellie, Kathy, for being here today and sharing your experience with self-compassion and also giving examples of how hopefully our listeners can incorporate some of these practices into their everyday life. And if listeners, if you guys are wanting to learn more about self-compassion and some of the resources that are available to you, we will include those in the show notes below. Just as a reminder, we do have Will. You have access to Will, which is a free mindfulness app that includes sessions on self-compassion. Thank you again for listening. Thank you. Right. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll Thanks. see you next time. Bye. 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 Download this episode and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on SharpNet.com.